This podcast is made possible by Host Analytics and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Chris LaFond, CFO of Intralinks, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 321. are spending money on recreational centers. Uh, we just spent almost $6 million renovating ours and adding on to it, and it's a great um, facility. It, it was already a nice facility, but now it's even better. And so it's almost like an arms race. I mean, you really have to be keeping up with other colleges and universities um, to provide the types of experience that students uh, desire and that is available to other places. <laughs> From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Mel Sampson, CFO of Harding University of Searcy, Arkansas, just 50 miles northeast of Little Rock. It's about time we featured a finance leader from the world of academics. One of the recurring themes in many of our CFO interviews is how the CFO role has increasingly become an operational role. Nowhere does that perhaps ring more true than on college campuses today, as our interview with Mel reveals, right after these words from our sponsor. It's no secret finance professionals are dealing with some pretty complex problems these days. Now more than ever, they need tools that can help them streamline complex workflows and focus on bigger strategic issues. By bringing your finance organization together on a single cloud platform, Host Analytics automates everyday processes that would otherwise slow you down. By streamlining your planning, modeling, consolidation, reporting, and analytics, Host helps you connect your organization so you can react more quickly to changing conditions and make better business decisions to optimize performance. Let Host Analytics be your partner in leading the evolution of your business. education, the CFO has a lot of different responsibilities. It's much more diversified, I think, than other entities. And um, so I have um, finance area, of course, with budgeting and accounting and auditing and those kinds of things. And then also have um, the business office and the post office and Camp Dakota, Harding Place, a retirement community. The bookstore, Harding Press, uh, the hotel here on campus, uh, custodial services, maintenance, and uh, legal services, bus transportation, just a lot of different things. And so keeps um, keeps me very busy. have a lot of great folks that I work with in those different areas. And uh, human resources is one of them, of course. And, and um, so a lot of different things going on. So um, I, I believe that, that it's different in higher education just because the volumes don't change near as much as they do in other industries. Uh, once the students come in the fall, you pretty much know what your enrollment's going to be uh, for the rest of the year, you know, based on uh, your experience, depending on how many don't come back uh, for, for graduation or other reasons in the spring semester, and then the summer's pretty steady, so um, you just 
at the volume that you're having to track and adjust to all during the year. So I think that's part of the reason that the CFO has a lot of other responsibilities. First, let's find out a little bit about you and uh, what uh, finance career steps help prepare you to become a CFO of an academic institution. Sure, great. I started with Ernst & Winnie in Nashville, Tennessee uh, back in 1985. And spent a couple of years there and had a great experience. It was um, good to learn um, a lot of the ways they handle things professionally and uh, a lot of good experience with that um, two years there. And then went to work for my dad's firm, a CPA firm in Pensacola, Florida, my hometown, and uh, enjoyed doing that and just um, realized the, the love he had for his clients and uh, taking care of them and, and helping a small business operate and run efficiently and do well financially. and helping with tax issues and so forth, and uh, so I really enjoyed that. And then spent 12 years at Hamilton Healthcare System in Dalton, Georgia, and was a director of reimbursement there for six years, and then promoted to controller for the last six years there, and a controller of a healthcare system with um, two hospitals, four nursing homes, uh, retirement community, and, and other healthcare-related organizations. And had a lot of good experience there. Um, uh, really enjoyed being part of a, an organization, striving for excellence and uh, serving others, and uh, had a great, great experience there. And then came to Cersei uh, after that um, about 15 years ago and became CFO when the CFO retired at that point. Um, I was hired to take his place and uh, really enjoyed the environment here. Tell us about Harding, a little bit about what distinguishes it in the academic landscape. I tell you, it's, it's a great place, and um, it uh, has a, a tremendous, uh, um, exp provides a tremendous experience for the students here. It began in 1924. Uh, it's, it's, it's a small town, Cersei, about 25,000 people in the community, um, but 45 minutes away from um, Little Rock, just northeast of us. Um, so it's a small town, but Little Rock's close, and Memphis is close by. Has about 6,000 students, and uh, 4,500 of them are undergraduate, 1,500 graduate. They come from all 50 states, which is pretty pretty unique. 30% uh, of them are from Arkansas, 15% um, from Texas, 7% from Tennessee. It kind of goes down from there, um, but that makes it really nice. And the the students at Harding, for the most part, stay around on campus on the weekend and have, do the different activities together and just enjoy being together. As, a, as opposed to uh, some schools where folks are from very close by and go home on weekends and so forth. So it makes it a really neat place to be, especially for someone like me that came to Harding University uh, from Pensacola, Florida, and uh, needed folks around me on the weekend to uh, uh, continue the experience. And so um, anyway, it makes it really nice. And so um, also we have students from 54 foreign countries, 150 of, of, of students from China as, as an example. And so um, we have students from all over, so it makes it really nice. It's a private university affiliated with the Churches of Christ on a beautiful 350-acre campus. Uh, it just provides an excellent education in an encouraging Christian environment and just a great um, combination. So it's a, a neat place to be. There's over 100 academic majors um, with 21 graduate degrees that are offered, which include pharmacy, um, physical therapy, um, physician assistance program. Those are the three newer programs that we've started and very, very successful. Uh, our our uh, younger daughter is in the PT program now, and she's in her first year, actually just finished her first year um, this week 
um, this past week and uh, did a great job there and is working her, her brains uh, out, you know, just really working hard. It's a tough program, but she's doing really well. So it has two more years left. And um, anyway, so those programs have been great for Harding and great for our students. Forty percent of each graduating class um, on the undergraduate side spends a semester abroad at one of our campuses in Zambia, Australia, Chile, London, Paris, Athens, or Florence, Italy. So we have seven foreign campuses that our students are able to go to and enjoy a semester abroad, and that's just been a, a tremendous experience for our students. And uh, both of our girls uh, were included in those programs. Uh, our younger went to Chile, and our older daughter went to, um, to Zambia and just had great experiences there. Our sports is really cool. There's uh, 18 intercollegiate sports at the Division II level. Uh, football uh, this past year went to the Elite Eight. Uh, basketball went to the Final Four, and our softball team went to the Sweet 16. And it just provided a ton of excitement for our campus this past year. Uh, I've not been a softball fan, never played softball really or baseball at all, and uh, but fell, fell in love with our, our, our softball program. Our girls did a tremendous job. It was fun watching them. Um, we have 230 um, organizations that come and recruit our students um, during the year, and uh, they love our students and enjoy coming to campus and recruiting them. have folks from Dell, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Walmart, Ford, Dillers, HCA Healthcare, just to name a few of the companies that come. And um, one of our graduates is the current CFO at Walmart, Brett Biggs. And, and this is just an example of one of our graduates that are really doing a, a great job out in the um, out in the world doing, doing super things. And you know, of course, we have uh, attorneys and accountants, the CPA firm, partners and firms, and. Uh, just a lot of, of, of our alumni are doing super well and um, and still connected to Harding, which makes it very, very nice. And uh, I guess really if you had to say, okay, students, what, what really makes you choose Harding, it would be relationships, I think. The relationships with the students. I think we have the best students in the world, of course, and our faculty and staff do a tremendous job. And, and they all build relationships with each other. And uh, we, you know, we have Bible studies that houses all over across Cersei on Wednesday night that our college kids enjoy and just getting to know each other in that kind of home setting and building their relationships with each other and relationships with God and so uh, it's just a, it's a good place to be. Yeah, so let's find out as far as your lines of sight and what are the, the, the key metrics that you pay close attention to? It's really all about enrollment. Uh, it's, it's enrollment and fundraising and um, you know, we'll know here in the next couple of weeks how we look for the fall semester, and that's, that's a huge number for us. And we try to budget always based on the current year enrollment and um, hoping that we grow. And we've been growing for the last, you know, 28 years at least. And, um, and the last three years have been more flat, and um, uh, we're looking at projection maybe of, of a slight decrease this upcoming fall. Um, but that's an important number for us, and so um, we'll, get, we'll have a better feel for that in the next couple of weeks. And then fundraising, of course. So uh, it's always great for the CFO, of course, in all industries. And when the revenue is coming in and being strong and continuing to grow, that's great. And um, so th those are the big numbers for us. The students be the customer in your mind? Or oh, absolutely. Absolutely the customers are. 
uh, are the students our customer, and and you know their parents play a big role in that as well. And so we really, I mean, we're working right now on trying to. <laughs> I was sending emails uh, just before the call about uh, our dorm readiness, making sure that our dorms are in good shape because we not only need to take care of our our students that are coming, but our fam- our families are coming and helping them move in, and uh, they need to be really pleased with what they see. So. Um, we're working really hard to get those dorms and apartments ready and, and looking good. Uh, all the repairs made, uh, getting them very clean. We have a lot of summer programs that are on campus with um, athletic camps and other activities. And so our window is really tiny to be able to get a lot of work done, and so we're working hard to do that. So, yeah, we, we have to make sure that our customers are, are thrilled with what they see when they get here and their experience when they're here. And, um, yeah, certainly certainly students, but we have to um, – be concerned about the parents too, because they're on campus a lot. Not, not only moving them in, but they're here for different activities during the year. Well, having a uh, high school senior myself, I know the amount of money that universities spend in yes. terms of brochures and marketing is 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 phenomenal. It's just an enormous amount. And uh, yeah, being a magazine editor, a former magazine editor, I know the price of print. Uh, so they are spending a, a dear amount of money on uh, on marketing and, and showcasing. Can, can any suggestion here as far as um, how Harding has you know sought to remain competitive given the, the amount of money that seems to be being spent to market uh, the uh, the academic world out there? Yeah, I tell you, I think it's just trying to remain true to your mission, and we've really focused on that. You know, our founding fathers uh, put the school together back in 1924, and it's really trying to be true to that, um, the, the, the wishes of the founding fathers. I think that means a lot. Uh, the Churches of Christ, we have about 75% of our undergraduates that um, attend the Church of Christ. And um, so remaining closely tied with those churches is really important to us, and so that, that really helps us a lot. Um, with your marketing and, budget, let me, let me I'm, I'm getting to sure, the, the sure. finance portion of this. I, I'm just compared to uh, another similarly sized university, liberal arts college in another part of the country, uh, do you think you spend more or less on marketing? And I know that's not a fair question. It's like, well, Jack, what, what, but, but are you, uh, how do you benchmark? I tell you, I don't know the answer to that question, Jack. I'm sorry. I, I think we probably need to spend more. I think we hear quite often that we're a very uh, well-kept secret. <laughs> so we have a new marketing um, VP of, of marketing and communications, and I know we're going to be, um, you know, beefing that up and doing even more to let the people know about Harding University. When compared to commercial industry, your world is is rather unique, and I wonder what you believe sets apart uh, the CFO role in this academic environment from uh, the role of the CFO in the commercial world? I, I would say that the only thing that really sets us apart, um, the main thing would be just the diversity that I mentioned earlier, that you know, most CFOs aren't, aren't over maintenance, custodial services, food services, and that kind of thing. And, so that, that, and when I say that, you know, it's the operational part of all those activities. 
you know, all those are people report to me, and any operational issues that come up, whether it's personnel or process issues. I mean, I you know, I deal with all that, and so I think that's the big difference. Yeah, it seems like there would be lots of meetings and discussions and separate budgets. I, I mean, uh, well, you know, I, I meet once once a week on we we got a construction project going on now with Harding Academy, six million dollar project, and we're adding classrooms and so forth, and so. You know, every um, Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock, I'm meeting with those guys on that. And, the, and then, you know, uh, earlier, uh, or last week, I was walking around with our maintenance crew and our custodial crew looking at the dorms and, and, and uh, making sure that they're in good shape and what needs to be improved and what we need to do between now and August 16th when all the freshmen and their parents get here. So, yeah, certainly a ton of meetings and phone calls and emails related to making sure those operations are running smoothly. Okay, uh, so if the students are the customer, then your food service may be your uh, competitive edge these days. Did you mention the food service uh, earlier? I forget. Did you yeah, mention? I may have missed that one. <laughs> in, in food services, that's a huge deal. We have a cafeteria that um, Aramark runs. Our, they manage our operations for food and the cafeteria. Uh, you know, it's almost all day, all day long, and you know the students uh, are eating in there very, very often. So the the variety and the quality needs to be really high, and and so um, we spend a lot of time on making sure that the uh, improvements are made that are needed there. You know, we have a student center that has uh, Taco Bell, Chick Fil A, Einstein's Bagels, and we just added Panda Express a year ago, and Panda Express has been just a huge. Um, addition for us. The students are loving that, and I personally love it, and so um, it's been a great addition. So we, we, you know, we spend a lot of time making sure that the food services are provided well, and you know the lines are, are minimized, and, and the quality is good, and so forth. So yeah, I spend a lot of time on food services. For many uh, colleges and universities, the financial health is always tied to the uh, institution's endowment. Is uh, Harding's endowment come to play uh, a meaningful role in the in the university as it grows yeah we have 130 million dollars in our endowment and it's continuing to grow and you know fortunately the stock market has been good here in the last few months and um we spend about 4.75 percent this upcoming year out of our endowment to fund operations and that's that's normal and other higher educational institutions um and that, and that endowment spend rate to help operations. So, um, you know, we meet uh, periodically to determine if we need to make any changes with our endowment, uh, the investing of it, and so forth. And we have a, a subcommittee of our board that, that meets um, twice a year um, at the normal uh, semi-annual board meetings, and then meet as needed uh, at other times as well. And so have a good group of our board members that are um, overseeing that, that endowment and take it very seriously and have a lot of great experience in that area. Uh, I, again, I'm trying to understand better how you know the university is performing the way it should. How do you measure performance, really? It, it's all about make, driving the revenue and, and main, maintaining the expenses and, and keeping those to a minimum. We're going through a process now where we're trying to um, make sure that every transition of, of an employee that's either retiring or leaving for whatever reason, that we're challenging that, that position to say, hey, can we do it uh, on a part-time basis or can we reorganize and not have to replace that position? And so um, we're, we're doing a lot of that. But as far as metrics that we look at 
it's just different in this setting because there's not, you know, in the healthcare setting, setting we were looking at revenue uh, every week, you know, and, and making sure that then our labor utilization was matching that that revenue on a weekly basis. And so it's just a different animal in the higher ed world um, because that volume on the revenue side, at least, is just not changing uh, once you get your fall enrollment in. Okay. Is there ever like a discussion around, and there was another podcast I was listening to with uh, uh, Malcolm Gladwell comparing two different colleges, one of which had upgraded their uh, their food in the cafeteria, and uh, they spent a fortune on, on new food, but in fact, um, it might have helped with enrollments. And, and uh, um, is are those types of conversations taking place today? Are these the types of things that uh, I guess universities have to visit and, and discuss and, and explore whether it's the appropriate uh, path for the particular institution? Well, absolutely. It just has to be viewed as an investment. Um, universities all across the nation are spending money on recreational centers. Uh, we just spent almost $6 million renovating ours and adding on to it, and it's a great um, facility. It, it was already a nice facility, but now it's even better. And so, um, yeah, you ha- it's almost like an arms race. I mean, you really have to be keeping up with other colleges and universities um, to provide the types of experience that students uh, desire and that is available at other places. And so, yeah, food is a huge issue, and so we were continuing to make improvements, improvements there. But the recreational centers, the, uh, the grounds of the, of the campus, the facilities, the buildings, um, is just all very, very important. All right. I'm going to ask you for the uh, finance strategic moment, which, of course, is that uh, moment of uh, strategic insight that you've had along the way doesn't necessarily have to be at Harding, but uh, your lines of sight into the organization as a finance leader has always allowed you to see things a little differently and see things perhaps earlier than than some. What would you share with us for a a finance strategic moment? Well, it it really is not as much finance as you might think, and because we are, the CFO role is more diversified, um, in the higher education institutional setting. Mine more relates to um, repairs on campus. When I first came to campus, I was looking at the student center and saw, you know, tiles that were um, uh, needed, in need of repair on, on the floor as you entered the, the student center. And I thought, well, what in the world is going on? How could that be that way? And talked with the president, and he was saying, no, I, I mentioned that a million times, and nothing ever happens. I thought, oh, my goodness, we've got to find a process to improve that. And so it, it's been something that we really worked on all over campus to improve the maintenance and repairs of our campus to keep it looking very, very nice. And one thing that, that came to me just a, a couple of years ago or more um, was, my goodness, it, it's just difficult to be everywhere on campus and see things. And and there's there's got to be a better way. And then I realized that also reporting to me is custodial services, and they're cleaning this entire campus and see every inch of the campus every day. And we just have to make sure that that process is working well. Nick Saban, I'm not a big fan of his, but he's you know, the football coach at Alabama, and he always talks about the process. It's the process. And we just have to really work on processes to make sure they're working smoothly. And so now when I see something on campus that, oh, my goodness, what's, what's going on there? Why is that base pulling away from the wall of the, of the floor? 
um, you know, one of my first calls is to our custodial services leader to make sure that those have been turned in by our custodial services staff so that the process is working smoothly so that we maintain our campus well. I was curious about, uh, I imagine there's a good deal of insurance and, and what have you at universities, you know, some of the incidents that become so magnified, and, and uh, I guess it has to be always a concern for the CFO to make sure uh, it has the proper coverage. Am I, am I correct in assuming that risk management is a, is a big part of the role as well? Yes, absolutely. We're going through our insurance renewal at the moment, in uh, this, this month, and so uh, we're going through the process of applications and all that kind of thing and trying to make sure we're getting the best, best deal possible. And um, it's, it's a huge deal to make sure we have the appropriate coverages and, you know, we make sure that we have a, um, a consultant that comes in every three or four years to look at the coverages and, and have an independent view just to make sure that we're being you know, charged the appropriate amount and that we have the appropriate coverage. And um, because it's, you know, of course, extremely important. And we have, um, unfortunately, things that happen all the time, uh, liability issues and, and certainly property issues that we have to deal with. So, yeah, it's an important part of our role. All right. I want to move to the mentoring round. Then. What's sure. one thing that's exciting you about finance and business today? I guess it has to be the stock market. You know, it's encouraging to see it grow like it's been. And, uh, you know, of course, very beneficial for our endowment uh, returns. And, uh, you know, it's a, a big, big plus, and just hope it continues. So that's very exciting. What do you wish someone had told you uh, before you stepped into the CFO role here? What is that piece of information that would have been useful? Yeah, I think it's just to, to be out and be present. I think that CFOs, uh, accounting folks, have a tendency to kind of get in their office, sit behind their desk, be on their computer, and not be out and about as much. And if I had to do over again, I would have been out on the floors of the hospital, uh, learning more about the operations, getting to know the people better, just just give you a better understanding of the business. And uh, I've done better about uh, at Harding, being all over college campus and um, uh you know, being at the athletic events, being at different events on campus, and, and just uh, building relationships. And um, okay, the other thing I would say is um, CFOs, uh, accounting types, need to embrace public speaking. And uh, it's just important for leaders to to be good at communication. And uh, I'm doing my my best to work on that and improve that. And wish I would have uh, really embraced it a little earlier. You know, it's, it's such a unique world that you entered, very different from healthcare, but maybe some similarities. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, uh, would love to know whether, you know, wow, I'm really happy, uh, you know, I arrived here. How, you know, what would you tell us? Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a great question. And I, I really, really love this environment. Um, in healthcare, I tell folks that, you know, I, I love that, that uh, work and that experience, but for the most part, those people, those customers, are not really wanting to be in a hospital setting. You know, unless you're having a baby, it's not a very exciting time. In in the higher education world, these students are loving being here. They chose to come here. They're here for a reason, uh, many reasons, and uh, they're they're growing and experiencing life in a wonderful way. And it's just a fun time. And it's just fun to be around them. It kind of keeps us young. And um, 
anyway, so yeah, I, I see myself probably staying here. But I'm always open to other um, possibilities, of course. But yeah, I, I'm most likely I'll, I'll be in high red and most likely right here at Harding for the next next few years until I retire. I'm 54 now, and so I've got a few more years, but but love every bit of it. Really enjoy it. What personal habit do you believe has contributed to your professional success? I received advice from a person at Ernst & Winnie who was my supervisor when I first started working there in Nashville, Tennessee. We were at a client's office, and and, she, and we would just spend the lunch and come back. And she said, no, have you called your wife yet? And I said, well, no, no, I haven't. And she said, well, I just called my husband, and you need to go call your wife. And I said, okay. And she said, you need to do that every day. Just just check on it. It doesn't have to be a long call, but just make a call. And ever since then, I've done that. And I've either called her or had lunch with Lori, my wife. And and, um, and, and often we're able to have lunch together. And it just um, has kept our marriage strong. Um, so, you know, no problems at home. <laughs> very, very few problems ever at home. And uh, our, our children have been just a blessing. And so, so no stressful issues really at home that carried over to work. And so that, that, that's helped me a ton, I think. And then also my wife has been great to just run by things. If uh, situations at work that I'm struggling with, I'll run it by her at lunch or in the evening, and, and she's been very helpful. So I really think that that's meant a lot to me. That's a, been a great habit that's helped me through my career. Is there a book you'd recommend to aspiring finance leaders? 21 Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell, our vice president group, our cabinet I uh, just went through that book a few weeks ago, and uh, anyway, it's just got a lot of practical advice in there that's been, been, been very good. Yeah. Can I just ask, uh, you, our vice president group, our cabinet, went through that book? What, uh, I mean, uh, could, you, could you explain a little bit? What, what do you mean? Was there a meeting where they just discussed some of the uh, principles or the things that were outlined, or what, what happened exactly? Yeah, we, we do that each year. Our, our president, uh, Bruce McClarty, uh, took over as president four years ago, and ever since he took over, we have a retreat in the summer where we all um, spend a night at a hotel and, and meet um, uh, for you know, a day, day and a half. And, um, uh, and during that time together, we have already previously read the book, and then uh, each vice president takes a chapter and, and just discusses the, the what meant the most to them from that chapter, and so we go through it in that way. I think it always helps sometimes to illustrate these things. You know what I didn't ask you about, of course, is your uh, your recent uh, award, <laughs> your winner of the Simmons Photo Contest. How could this be? How did this come about? Well, I tell you, what, um, we just started using CBiz as a consultant for our retirement plan. I guess six months ago, ten months ago, and uh, we've enjoyed that experience, of course. And and received an email uh, three months ago, maybe, maybe more, and just asked if if we, you know anybody wanted to be involved in this contest. And so I thought, well, shoot, yeah, I'll do that. I just want to know. Uh, what CFOs do in their off time, and there's a contest for who is a CFO that has the most fun in their off time. And so, I guess there were probably 60 CFOs that sent in their pictures. So you had to take a picture of what what you were doing in your off time, and and, and a little two or three sentence uh, explanation. And so what I did, um, we were in, at the beach uh, July 4th week with my family, 
my mom and dad, sister and her family, my brother and his, and having a great time. We rented a boat. We were doing some skiing, and so I uh, actually did some barefoot skiing, and my daughter was in the boat, got some video of it, and I clipped the picture from it and, and sent it in, and then my entire family and a lot of friends have been really helpful calling and emailing and Facebook and then trying to get votes, and my wife uh, got 100 votes in 24 hours just by using Facebook, letting all our friends know, my mom and dad got into it, my mom had a heart attack the last couple of days when the votes were really getting close between me and the the other fellow that was we were running neck and neck for first and second place and so you know just a lot of fun and finally was uh, notified uh, today that I was the official winner so it was pretty exciting (laughs) (laughs) uh, we'll include it if you you like we have a show notes page where uh, your podcast will be featured and we can just put the snapshot down below absolutely Uh, sounds great okay well um it's time for our final question, which I will ask you, Mel, after these words from our sponsor. You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. What are your priorities as a finance leader over the next 12 months? Yeah, great question. And I wrote um, just three. Uh, I think I've already mentioned the the make sure that the dorms and the apartments are in great shape. We've really had a renewed focus on that for this upcoming fall, and, and we're doing really well and, and uh, just really focused on that over the next couple of weeks. And then also we have some renovations that are going on. I think I mentioned the addition to Harding Academy that this, this is happening, and then also um, a renovation to one of our men's dorms, a $1.8 million renovation, and then uh, some, uh, some additional renovations to it on Hendricks Building on campus. And uh, the Owen Hendricks and the Cone Hall definitely have to be done um, prior to the school beginning. And so that's a real push for us, of course. And then also it's just uh, for the remainder of the year, one of the uh, priorities will be just being creative and driving more revenue through additional graduate programs or other, other ways just driving additional revenue to continue to support this great work at Harding. Mel Sansom, thank you for joining us. CFO Thought Leader. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney with a quick note that CFO Thought Leader now has a quarterly print magazine. That's right, print. Each issue will profile 25 different CFOs. Let me repeat that, 25 CFOs. Other uh, print publications are lucky if they're able to bring you five CFOs per issue. What we understand is that you want to consume content in multiple ways. 
But wait a minute, there's something more here. We wanted this print magazine to be a podcast companion. So when you receive it, we want you to quickly thumb through it and maybe identify which episodes you have missed. We want you to dog ear those pages, as well as uh, perhaps the pages that feature CFOs from episodes you already listened to but found maybe a little extra value from. 12 months later, you will have a library of 100 CFO profiles highlighted with your insights or comments alongside the CFO thought leaders. Now, how much are we charging for this one-of-a-kind 100 CFO profile library? Annual subscriptions are $119. We think that's reasonable. We thought about it a little bit, but that's, that's what we came up with. Uh, visit us and subscribe to CFO Thought Leader magazine at cfothoughtleader.com, where the future of finance is listening.